0: Well, two weeks ago, I don't know whether you remember or not, sometimes people ask me on Tuesday, what did you preach Sunday? And I can't remember. (laughs) It's discouraging. So I don't know whether you remember two weeks ago or not, but the sermon was, I thought, pretty pessimistic. It's what I thought I should… But, boy, by Tuesday's staff meeting, I was feeling like, my goodness, did I I leave people in a hopeless state? Well, the staff told me that it wasn't that bad. (laughs) So I had some hope. But today, I want to uh, talk about hope. Two weeks ago, I did not mention and probably should have that in the southern hemisphere, the church is experiencing unprecedented growth. In Europe and in North America, where Christianity has been the norm for a couple hundred years, at least in the case of North America, we are seeing the church influence wane. And we observed two weeks ago that some are leaving the faith altogether. On the political front, we observed that this is a time of confusion. Tuesday we saw again that pundits who are so wise in their own opinions don't necessarily know what's going to happen from one election to another, and we would have to admit, I think all of us, regardless of our politically, uh, our political preferences, we would have to admit that uh, there are some things that depress us when we look around us. The date January 6th has, become, has assumed a notorious place in our history, like September 11 and December 7. They need no explanation beyond themselves, and the same is true of January 6th. Cultural upheavals threaten and moral certainties that we could count on in times past have seemingly disintegrated. And we find ourselves in a sense, in a moral sense, at least for some of us, adrift in a sea of apathy causing many of us to long for those good old days, those days gone by. Those days may not have been as good as we remember them, our selective memories being what they are, but at least we knew what to expect in those times. Even in biblical times, people longed for the predictability of days gone by. When things in the present tense got too tense and they didn't know what to expect, they cried out to the Lord. The ancient Israelites marched victoriously out of Egypt slavery only to find the unpredictability of wilderness wandering even worse. They had the audacity to complain Were there no graves in Egypt where we could die and be buried? Did we have to come out here to die? They preferred the stability of slavery to the fear of the unknown. But God knew what they did not. God knew that as uncomfortable as the wilderness wanderings and the uncertainties of their future might be, God knew that a promised land awaited them. And for them, though it lay in the distant future, for God it was already a certainty, for He had said it, and His Word is trustworthy and true. A thousand years or so later, they had settled in the Promised Land, and their comfort was interrupted by the rise of Babylon, a global bully of their day. Nebuchadnezzar, their king, smashed Israel's rebellion decisively in 586 BC when the Babylonian army tore down the walls of Jerusalem, burned and looted the temple, destroyed and demolished the government buildings along with many of the inhabitants' homes in Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar, having learned from Israel's past rebellions, eventually executed 70 to 80 of the leading citizens and set about categorizing the rest of the people. Those who represented any kind of threat were deported to Babylon. Only those who lacked initiative, or lacked training, or lacked the ability to lead, were left behind there in Jerusalem, a the of the city torn apart by war. Those who had been deported to Babylon faced a crisis. Their temple, the focal point of God's presence with them, was gone. And where is God became the common question. Some abandoned the faith altogether and began to worship Marduk, the god of the Babylonians, or other foreign gods. Those who remained faithful to Yahweh, Israel's God, found a new form of worship, gathering in homes, which undoubtedly gave rise to the later synagogue worship. Religious leaders of the Jews in exile promised better days ahead when they would return to their homeland and life would return to normal. In 538 B.C., I know not all of you are history lovers, but this is important, I think, so try to hold on to these dates. 586, destroyed, moved to Babylon. 538, they're allowed to go back to their homeland about 50 years later. After Babylon had fallen to the Persians in an almost bloodless revolution, the prediction that they would return home came true. And some of the Israelites chose to remain in Babylon, but most, with the blessing of the Persian king Cyrus marched victoriously and joyously back to their homeland, back to the good old days, back to the way life ought to be. Only it wasn't. In the 50 years they had been in exile, their homes that had been abandoned were taken over by the people who remained. And having lived there 50 years, they decided these are our houses and we're not willing to give them up to people who come back saying they own them. So, property disputes arose. Fights over property became the norm. Jerusalem still looked like the war zone. It had been half a century before. Hunger and disease plagued them. Life in this kind of turmoil became the norm for them. And facing an an uncertain future, the people were desperate. Even after the walls had been Replaced even after the temple had been rebuilt, not like it was, but at least it was a place to assemble. Nothing was like it should have been. Things weren't so good in Babylon, but at least they knew what to expect. And some began to lose heart and lose faith Some turned to the old God of the Canaanites, Baal. But God knew what they could not yet see, that there were better days ahead. The prophets began to prophesy the coming of a Messiah. Christ's incarnation had not yet happened but it was a certainty, even though they couldn't see it because God had said it and his word is trustworthy and true. So the prophet could pronounce the words that Mary read for us a few moments ago, for I am about to create new heavens and a new earth I will rejoice in Jerusalem, the prophet wrote, and delight in my people, and things will be as they ought to be. Listen no more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it, or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant. An infant. Who lives but a few days, that shouldn't happen. Or an old person who does not live out a lifetime, that shouldn't happen. These things will be past and only what should happen will happen and what should not happen won't happen. Those are the days coming, the prophet says. With these prophetic words, God intended to restore hope to them. They promised these words, promised a time when what should happen does happen, what should not happen does not happen, And the ancient Israelites didn't understand it completely, this this Messiah thing. Nor were they totally accurate in their interpretation of it. But they did understand that God was going to send Messiah who would rule in the line of King David. They believed Messiah would restore Israel to its former glory, even though God had warned them not to remember the former things. To God's people of that age, the promise would be fulfilled someday. But to God, it was already accomplished because he had spoken it, and his words are trustworthy and true. And here we are now, 2,500 or so years later than when those ancient Israelites returned from Babylon and were facing an unfer- uncertain future, wondering what was going to happen and even wondering where God was in their confusion. And here we are in our own confused time. Messiah has already come, and we have known him as God's son, our Savior. But we still face uncertainty and confusion, don't we? We live in a time when the brokenness of this world is demonstrated in each newscast. We hear about it in the cries of those mothers and fathers who sent their children to school and they never returned. What about those who have neither the influence nor resources enough to secure justice for themselves? These are not good times for them. And what about those who long for the good old days, which maybe weren't all that good for everybody, but at least we knew what to expect. When things are changing so fast socially that we can't seem to keep up, when we long for stability, even if it falls short of perfection, when things we could always rely on have disintegrated and been discarded. We can long for the good old days or we can trust God who says better days are coming. We've seen that in the ancient Israelites in their wilderness wanderings, God had a plan for their future. We see that in the ancient Israelites who returned from Babylon and God had a future planned for them. And we see it even today as God promises a future for us. God's parting words to us, as it were, In the Bible, Revelation has 22 chapters, the last one of which is closing out. But in chapter 21, God says through John's prophecy these words a message to Christ's people. Christ's people facing confusion and doubt and worry and wondering what's going to happen to them. His words come. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples and God Himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer, those who are victorious, will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Into our state of confusion, when the future seems so uncertain, God gives us his absolute assurance he has already determined the outcome and we win